you're listening to the Who Are You Really podcast. A podcast that features interviews with the captivating people we've met. Liv and I have learned that everybody has a story. Whether it surprises you, shocks you, or resonates with you, stories have a way of connecting us, offering new perspectives, and acting as a reminder that we're not in this alone. And there's nothing we love more than bridging people together in our little big planet. We'll get vulnerable, raw, and real with our guests from all over the world. I'm your host, Lydia Clemensovich. And I'm your host, Olivia Poglianich. Welcome to our safe space. No judgment, no egos, all the feels and all the fun. So pull up a seat, get cozy, and let's dig a little deeper together. So today on Who Are You Really, we have my friend Du Mino from Phnom Penh, Cambodia joining us today. Uh, Mino and I met during my Southeast Asia backpacking circuit because he's work- he was working for a co-working space that I was also working for. So we were um, partners in crime and we went out in Phnom Penh and had a really fun evening. And I'm so happy to welcome him onto the pod and meet Lid and all of you as well. Uh, he talks about his relationship, which was recently he just got married and he was doing long distance for a while amidst the crazy pandemic and visas and all of that. Um, and yeah, he talks about what it's like to be a gay man in Cambodia and what it was like to come out. And he leaves no stone unturned. And, you know, it's a very open book and a super chill guy. So I think you guys will really like to hear from him. I feel the exact same way. Mino was such a fun guest to talk to, and he, you know, talked to us about his experiences in life from childhood to now, what it's like working, what it was like working for a Western company in Cambodia, and now his experience as a newly landed person in Germany. And I just loved his love story. I got so inspired and touched by, you know, everything he's been through with this particular relationship that he gets into with us and to know what the final result is. And it could just feel his happiness that it's all come down to this final conclusion. And I'm just, I loved this story. I loved Mino. He was such a great guest. And I'm so excited for you guys to get deep with us and him. So, you know, grab your bevy and enjoy. Today on the Who Are You Really podcast, we have my lovely friend, Du Mino, all the way from Phnom Penh, Cambodia. How are you, Mino? I'm doing great. Great. And you guys? Happy to have you on air. Mm. I should say from Cambodia, but you're actually not there right now. Where are you calling us from, Mino? I'm calling from Frankfurt, Germany. And what brings you there? My man. (laughs) Love love bring me here. (laughs) Very cool. You're, You're with a German guy? Yeah. How did you meet? Um, actually, we met um, when uh, I was working at a co-working and co-living in Cambodia. So it was uh, his first time traveling to Cambodia. So was he a guest? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what were yeah. you doing there? 
in the co-working space. Uh, I was a uh, operation manager, mostly like I take care of the guests, take care of all the booking, make sure that uh, the operation run well, to make sure all the members satisfied and also prepare the event and stuff. So for you working as like a Cambodian in a predominantly Western oriented co- company, what was that like for you? Uh, sometimes I think uh, a little bit tough for me. So sometimes I like uh, I don't really have so much chance to express myself. Sometimes I don't really have opportunity to explore more. When you say you didn't have the opportunity to explore, do you mean the company had like other locations that you wanted to visit? Yeah, something like that. So, uh, I mean, like, I also want to uh, opportunity to um, grow my abilities. I also want to um, not just do the same thing. I also want to do something different so I can ex- explore more. So, But I don't have all this opportunity. So. What led you to working for this company? Actually, um, I found their job announcement on Facebook. So I just look, I mean, for the requirement, for the, what they, they post on Facebook, it looked really interesting. And I think like I, I might have a, a chance, I might have an opportunity, opportunity to develop myself through this career. So that's why I, I try to reach out to them and uh, apply. And do you think while you were working there, you were treated fairly? Or do you think it was like very crazy? Mm, I don't think uh, fair enough to, for me. <laughs> yeah. So I think mostly um, they treat the foreigners better than the local, to be honest. And it's true, so... <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I mean, for anyone listening, I I met Mino through this place and we're not going to name it because it doesn't actually matter. They're all kind of very similar. And I used to work for the same organization as Mino. And it actually blew me blew my mind that as a Western person, I would earn maybe three to four times as much money as Mino would earn. And yet here he is speaking the local language that I don't speak. So, you know, maybe you can talk about how at the location in Phnom Penh, there was always a, a ferry that we had to take, which requires yeah. communicating in Khmer, Khmer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. You do. Why do I get paid more money than you do? You know? It's yeah. not fair. Yeah. And also, like, um, because I'm in uh, uh, Asta, Cambodia, is the is the I mean not the last local but like they start to do to uh, to do the business in Cambodia and then they I mean for sometimes they they don't even follow the rules so <laughs> I mean some so um the as I know like um, some the other staff at another branch they also got like the insurance they got pay more so. I, I mean, for me, as a, I'm one of the staff, but it's in Cambodia, I, I don't even have the insurance. I don't, I mean, I pay less than, than the rest of them. So that's, that's, that's how it's not fair. So you didn't get any health insurance or anything like that? 
they always keep saying they will, but they don't do it. So that's crazy. I rest the, I rest the, the, the question, the problem, but, but they just said, yeah, they will do it, but not, they, they just say it. So. So do you, you don't work with them anymore, right? No, no, not okay. anymore. <laughs> I quit a long time ago, I think. Yeah. Probably yeah. Like two years already. What are your dreams now, Mino? Like if you could do any job, what would you want to do? I would like to have my own business, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so. Doing I, what? I, I just have like maybe a bar, restaurants, or like um, the if I have enough money and what I would like to have, I would like to have like my own boutique or hotel or something like that. So which is like I feel like I'm I learn. I mean, I have um, best on my experience like hospitalities, customers, service, and all the stuff that I think I can use it for to build my own my own business if i have enough money i hope you get there one day that's an awesome dream for a co-working space you dealt probably so much with so many different types of people and customers i'm sure a lot a lot a lot a lot of people a lot of sometimes i cheer sometimes like so difficult to handle and I need a lot of patience. So, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because I'd love to hear a story about a guest. If you have one that comes to mind, maybe something funny or someone who was super annoying. This can be your space to vent because it's all anonymous. You told us you're married <laughs> to one of the guests. So that's a great story too. <laughs> I, yeah. So like I said, I met a lot, a lot of guests and a lot of different personality, nationalities. And um, one of the guests that uh, I remember and then um, it's really hard to, to deal with. Um, I think he come from, he said it from US. He do like um, a quick, uh, I mean, uh, um, the last minute booking. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, he's, um, he got like, uh, because, uh, I mean, uh, we are so full and then, uh, and then he tried to email to uh, my boss. Oh. That, um, yeah, that, uh, that, uh, that the staff not friendly to him, not friendly with him. He'd say, exaggerated something is not true. So we, be- we work and we base on the system. So we just tell him exactly what it, what it is. So, but he want to stay more. So <laughs> difficult. And he went around you and got you in trouble, huh? Yeah. So he, like I said, he, em- he emailed to my boss and then he's, he says something like this stuff not professional the stuff unfriendly and yes that's the hardest part 
Yeah. And another funniest guest that I have, we have, she also got the last minute booking. So actually, um, um, I sometimes I have to work from home, even if even like uh, it's a time I have to to finish. But I, when I got the email, when I got the the booking, then I have to um to tell the staff who stand by to prepare to get uh, to welcome the guests and uh, bring the guests to the room. So because I'm the one who's managing all the booking, and then uh, we got the last minute and then she said she have a cat so um she, she didn't mention how many cats and stuff and then she didn't say that she will have a lot of uh, package a lot of luggage a lot of stuff so yeah we accepted the booking and then the next day when i come to work and then my uh, the the uh, my colleagues he said, oh, the guests bring a lot of cats. She have at least three cats in her room. <laughs> and then she have a lot of stuff. Like she just moved from somewhere else to, I mean, she moved the house. She have all like plates, some stuff. So it like moved the house, actually. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, and then... Um, and then I I have to go to check with her. And then um, because we said if it's one cat, it's okay. But if she have so many cats, we sometimes our guests maybe not another guest maybe not happy to to see the cat or whatsoever. And then she said like, no, the cat is okay. They always stay in the in the cage. Don't worry. And and me and my colleague uh, we name her like a. Mummy cat because she have a lot of cat with her, <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and then the next and I mean she stayed probably about three four nights and then she moved out because she have actually she have to uh, move from Cambodia to another country. That's why she have a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that must have been so funny for you because there's a kitchen with like plenty of plates and no one really no backpacker traveler carries luggage <laughs> let alone having multiple cats <laughs> yeah especially if it's not one cat they have more than one cat so. i love that you named her mummy cat too like would you often name guests if there was something about them is that something that you would do with colleagues yeah, <laughs> we name the guests quite a lot. So it's just like, yeah. Because you're working in hospitality, Mino, and like welcoming people to Cambodia, was there any moments where you were able to kind of talk about your culture with people? Yeah, so actually, um, you, during the time I worked there, I mean, every workplace sometimes like you have the fun part you have a good part you have a bad part so everything combined together and we also have i also have a good time i mean some of the some of the guests they're really nice and they they're also curious about the cultures they also want me to recommend them like where to go what should they do um sometimes i got a, ch- a chance to a to change the 
perspective with them. So at least I, if sometimes it's open-minded, like as I said, I'm open-minded. So I'm happy to hear the story from them. So happy to tell them the story. Do you think um, there's a lot of stuff that Western people don't know about your country and your culture? I think a lot, yeah. <laughs> I would say yeah. same before I went to Cambodia. I, I didn't learn much growing up in the U.S. about Cambodian culture. I will say we actually did watch the movie The Killing Fields in school mm. when I was like 15. And I don't even think that was very common to watch. So for anyone who doesn't know this, it's a really good movie. It talks about the Cambodian genocide that happened in the 70s, which is, it was the 70s, right, Mina? Yeah. Yeah. That that's like extremely recent, extremely horrible. And you go to Cambodia and you can learn more about these atrocities firsthand. But I, I can attest from my own experience and maybe you too, Lid. I didn't learn any of this stuff in school. And at least we saw the one movie because I knew a little bit more than most of my friends. But I feel like the Western people, they go to Cambodia and the only thing they know, if they know anything about your country, is Angkor Wat, the big temple. And that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think some of the the guests or behalf like they just pass by. I mean, they they just pass by, like because they also plan to go to Thailand. They also plan to go to Vietnam, so they just pass by. There, so sometimes they they don't know much about uh, Cambodia. So. I was going to say that too. When I was in Cambodia last year, I stayed for a month, like as long as my 30 day visa could allow. So I was, I started in Siem Reap and I was there for a while. I went to Badenban, Kampot, Phnom Penh, and I wish I could have seen more of the country because I thought maybe I wouldn't stay there that long. And most people only went quickly for Angkor Wat. Maybe they went to Phnom Penh to see the museums. And then you're right, you know, they would go to Thailand and Vietnam after. But I'm so glad I stayed because there's, like, beyond those really key aspects of Cambodian culture, and I would love to hear this from you, there's so much more in current day, you know, current day Cambodia. It's not just all about the genocide either. There's just food and language, and um, it's so beautiful. Yeah, um, as you mentioned, we have like the food. I mean, I, I like to show um, the foreigners what is the good food. At least they they try to enjoy the food. Also, um, some uh, uh, some like um, what's it say the festival that we have. I also w- would like them to see and i mean at least they got at least one time experience for example like my new year water festival spiritual day so this is all the big festival in cambodia which is i i always recommend when when i have some guests to stay a long time during i mean if they if they stay during the we have the festival and i would recommend them to go and see at least they can see how we celebrate the festival and um also sometimes i can tell why we do it why we celebrate this festival for and yes so at least they can see they can see more than they just like oh to see uncovered and to see like the genocide we have more than i mean we have more than that to 
to if the people they really want to know instead of uh, the, the I mean the, the basic that the people everybody knows. So yeah, that's what I want to say. I think the best <laughs> kept secret. I mean, I'm not a local, so you'd probably know way better than me. But the best kept tourist secret was the beaches. Like going down to Korong Samliom was amazing. <laughs> and the other Korong, not not really a secret. There's a lot of people there. But if you just leave the main beach right by the ferry, it was so beautiful. And like, honestly, I felt like I was in Fiji or something. Like really <laughs> remote, no Wi-Fi, white sand. The water was so warm. Yeah. And all these people rushed to Thailand to go to the beaches because there are a lot of them. But the Cambodian beaches, I think, were just as nice and way less crowded. So have you ever been to one of the beaches in Cambodia, Mino? Yeah, I've been. I've been yeah. too. Um, Do you yeah. agree they're really beautiful and less busy than the Thai ones? Yeah, I totally agree, especially when you said like um, there's no Wi-Fi and stuff. So which is like the time that you need to recharge yourself and get away from... Uh, the social media sometimes to get away from your work and stuff just like to to spend your time for yourself Mino are you proud to be Cambodian yes I am <laughs> yes I am I'm proud to be Cambodian because uh, of my cultures of my um, Prehistories. I mean, from the Angkor Wat. I mean, you. We need to learn as the Cambodian. We know the our prehistories, and yes, especially the cultures. <laughs> I I'm curious. You know, like we we've had a chance to experience the culture as two solo female travelers, but what is it like as a gay man from Cambodia? Like, is being gay or lesbian accepted in Cambodian culture? Like, can you talk a little bit more about what that was like for you, either growing up or like coming out? Yeah. So um, for me, um, I, I mean, I feel like I'm gay since I was a kid. So, <laughs> so um, because like when I was a kid, um, I always have um, a doll. Instead of the car, instead of the the gun, so um, and my parents, they are really chill. I mean, they are really chill. I mean, uh, if I want a doll, they give me a doll. If so, um, yeah, they didn't say anything. And when I come out as a gay, um, it was uh, the first one I tell is um my sister so how old were you 20 21 yeah so i i told my sister first and then she's totally understand she she's she um i mean her love for me is never changed and um she totally accepted and then a um, few years later, I, I told my, my mom. She um, a little bit surprised, but um, she accepted. But I, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm happy because all my families, they accept me as who I am. 
but um, I also have a lot of friends who are gay, but they really have a hard time to um, to come out as a gay. I have one friend; um, he's also gay, and then he didn't tell his family. It's really hard for him. So when he have like a boyfriend, so he have to pretend like a friends, and then. Uh, his parents always, always want him to get married with a woman. And then uh, he got a plan, one plan that he told me, like um, maybe he had to, uh, to, to find, I mean, one of my friends. I mean, I, I, like I said, I have friend one as a gay, also also have a lesbian friend. And then um, he was talking to my lesbian friend, like... Um, to get a fake married to each other, wow. just to hide from their family, because um, some of the, I mean, their parents is, uh, they not open minded, they not accepted, uh, as like um, especially if you are like Cambodian, half Chinese and stuff, and then they totally not accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also um, when uh. When I was like um, a teenager, I mean, a lot of people they they I and mean, they are not open minded for the gays people. They always like teasing, bowling, and they also just like look you from head to the toes, like about your behaviors, something like that. I'm sorry you had to go through all of that. I'm sure it really wasn't easy. And it's amazing that your family was so accepting and chill. Like that's usually who you want the support from the most, right? And I could only imagine that experience for your friends who don't have that open-minded family. Actually, on that note, like since your husband is uh, white, right? He's German, that you guys are also an interracial gay couple. Like do you find any difficulties with that um, or do you feel that you're mostly accepted and maybe the answer changes from Cambodia to Germany maybe you feel more accepted in one place over another um, to be honest like um, um, when I was in Cambodia especially with my husband so I mean at the time we are not married yet so we still dating and stuff and sometimes we just hang out around we cannot like sometimes we cannot even lock the arm or we cannot hanging a whole hand or I cannot kiss him in the public or whatsoever so in Cambodia they will they will just like like I said they will just look you like you are a monster like from the eye from the head to the toes but here in Germany I feel completely like um, myself I mean um, here, of course, I mean, Europeans, um, they are more open-minded than, uh, than, uh, than the Cambodian. Uh, so I feel like I can do this freely as who I am. I can kiss him whenever if I want to kiss. I, I want to hold his hand if I want to hold. So I feel free so, to be here. You know, do you think that the mindset is changing also in Cambodia because you said a lot of these are parents and maybe older generation. Like, do you feel more people around your age now are more accepting or is it still taking time? 
um i think now a lot of i mean my generation so um they start to uh, to to know more they start to accept more people they start to get a little bit less care about the others so i mean they still take a look at you like you are weird but i mean they they not say anything but before they they take a look at you and then they will stay in front of you this guy gay um really i mean for uh recently now i mean the people they start more pen minded but it still need it still take a little bit of time for that until they their mind really open yeah it makes sense i think people are really afraid of change and It takes a long time to make those changes, but I'm so happy to hear that you said you feel free in Germany. Like that is probably such a good feeling. And I, I don't know how, how long you've been in Germany yet, but that's something I wanted to ask you. Like as a Cambodian moving to the West, you know, it must be super different. I think feeling free to be yourself is huge and very exciting. Um, are there any other really interesting changes in your life or differences now that you live in Germany, aside from the fact that you're wearing a thick sweater because it's obviously very cold? <laughs> Not used to that. <laughs> As you mentioned, so the excited part, like, um, yeah, I can be uh, be free as who I am. And um, but I also have some part which is a little bit tough for me, which is like, um, The culture-wise, sometimes, you know, the German, they like to follow the rule a lot. So everything is rule, rule. And also, um, like, uh, the difficult part for me at the moment is the language. Uh, they, they, I mean, a lot of people speak English, but um, they, they want you to speak as the German. I mean, you live in Germany, you need to speak German. That's, that's the hardest part. Because when I go out and stuff, and then what they say first, they say in German. They don't speak with you in English. Unless you said, um, I speak a little bit German, so then they, maybe they switch. And for the first time I write in, in Germany, I feel like... A, people they're not really friendly as in cambodia so um, they don't even want like to help you so even they know that you don't speak german so i remember one time i went to um to the supermarket like i just want to tell her that that's all that's my stuff that i bought so just yeah and then she helped one one customers close to me and then i I, I maybe I want, I think that maybe she speak English too. I just want to tell the cashier that this is mine, that's all. And then now she just take a look at you and she doesn't say anything. That's, 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 the, that's the first time I remember. So weird if they don't say anything. You're like, I don't really know how to respond in this <laughs> Um, I just do a sign. I, I mean, the, the body language. So that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I find when you're traveling and you're especially in places very different than your home culture or country, you start to notice body language a lot more, especially <laughs> when there are those language barriers. But it's it's so interesting to notice the for you to say the stark difference in like friendliness. 
like I said, so um, that's what I noticed. Maybe that them, their men, the how they are as a German. I'm not sure. I mean, some, but most of them I find like they're not really friendly. So maybe they have a hard time at work whatsoever. But I I I met quite a lot that. The German like don't really smile too much. Like in Cambodia, like if you saw the foreigners try to to go to buy something, even even if a local like the sellers, they don't speak English. They just like friendly with you. They just chill with you as throughout the foreigners. But I've been here like if you are a foreigner and then you don't speak German, like yeah. So it's a really bit hard for me at the beginning. So. I imagine there's also a difference because you keep talking about how everyone's so chill and it made me think like chill to someone from Germany is probably slow. Like Germans are so punctual and on time. Yeah. Whereas true. like, and, and in Cambodia, you know, it's a lot more fluid, right? Like, oh, you know, yeah. it'll happen soon. Like has yeah. that been hard to adjust to as well? Easy, relaxed pace, no worries, no problems versus like, when they say noon, it actually means noon. Like time is very different, right? Yeah, totally different. So like I said, in the beginnings, like um, German, they really strict to the rules. Everything one is rule. <laughs> Everything is rule. So <laughs> sometimes I like a little bit difficult for me to adopt it. I'm a Cambodian. So like, we also have a rule in Cambodia, but sometimes people like, get a little bit chill and a bit like, yeah, so. but in here in Germany, no, you cannot be chill. It's more relaxed. That's funny. Yeah. I think the boat, I keep coming back to the boats because at this co-working space in Phnom Penh, you had like a boat that would take you across the river. And I feel like this is a good example of how Germans and Cambodians would not get along because we had a schedule for the boat and it said mm-hmm. it comes once an hour, but really it just came whenever the guy was free and half the time he's yeah. just chilling all day or, you know, he had other stuff to do. He had friends to pick up, family, he's playing cards. It's kind of like, oh, if you want it that urgently, maybe you should take a taxi or maybe you should call ahead because I think it was what, wait for 30 minutes or something like the, the rules yeah. of the time were not so, so strict. And I want to get back to the reason that you went to Germany and which was for your husband, right? Where did you guys get married? Uh, we got married in Germany. I mean, just one month ago. <laughs> wow, congratulations. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's one month ago, but we know each other like almost two years now. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. The long relationship. Were you doing long distance at any point? Yeah, so um during the over 2 years uh, we do a long distance relationship and I have to say it's really really hard time. Especially um the time shift. Sometimes I have to stay up until 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning. To keep talking so if i i mean i could say i go to bed but if i just say like i go to bed so we don't have too much we don't have uh, much time to talking to each other so 
I have to make an effort. He also try. I mean, after work, he's calling me immediately. So he have he have work to do, and then when he's get back from work, it's already late in Cambodia. So oh yeah, what's that like a seven hour time difference or something? Uh, six hours. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Talk late at night, huh? Uh, yeah. So I like sometimes like oh, I'm. S- I'm sleepy, but <laughs> I wanted I want to talk to him. So that takes yeah. a really special and serious relationship to go through that much time and put in that much effort yeah. to communicate with each other. Like I know I've done long distance before too, and we're not together anymore. But it really takes effort, and you really have to both people. I think. You're, you're in it. You're both serious about it. And so that's, but that's really beautiful that you're now together and you're married. <laughs> this beautiful love story you went through. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I, I remember the hardest part is was um, when we, uh, we started get uh, dating and then he came, mostly he came to visit Cambodia. And then it's the hardest part is for me, never been to Europe before. So um, the hardest part is the first time I tried to apply for the visa. Um, I mean, I never been to Europe before. So uh, he wanted me to come to visit him in, Germ- uh, in Germany. So I have to apply for the visa. And then I felt two no i felt three times to apply for the visa because they the reason they said like they don't believe that i will come back to cambodia and wow. and then That's at the time and then i um, i feel like i feel like i don't know if this is going to work because um i cannot go to visit him and then he's he can only come to visit me but he cannot visit me all the time because he also have some work to do. So some sometimes I got holidays, so I also want to go to visit him. But I could not because of the visa and stuff. And then we we try so hard until uh, until I got my first visa to visit uh, Germany. And since then, everything is going well until the pandemics. So during the pandemic, it's, it's hardcore again. Like I almost like give up because like Cambodia is close to the border. Germany also close to the border because I, I, I supposed to visit him um, on March, but all of a sudden they closed the border. So I cannot visit, I cannot visit him. And then he also, can, he also planned to, to Cambodia to visit me and then we come back together to Germany and uh, yes and the plan is completely ruined because of the pandemic and since then we have to wait for um, six months until um, I can come here so it's hard I, I, I also I so also tell him like um, yeah I just waiting for you when you are ready and then because I want him because he want sorry because he want me to to uh, to start the life here together in Germany first and then it's move to somewhere else and then I said okay but for me it's so hard because of everything because of the pandemic because all all the process document and stuff I I just said like I'm done 
I just waiting for you in Cambodia, and then when you are ready, can just move to Cambodia, and then we can start from there. Uh, but at the end, we made it. So <laughs> yeah, at the end you got to Germany, huh? That's a crazy <laughs> story. That's a lot to go through, and hopefully now that you're married, that'll make things a lot easier on the visas and everything. Yeah, totally. Now I'm, I'm, I'm like officially got the per resident permit here. So and. Yeah, totally like German. So <laughs> I need to learn German. That's all. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you were saying how you you know you almost gave up, and I can only imagine how difficult that must have been. If you're you've been with this guy and you're both serious about each other, but the distance is really hard. But I'm so happy that you're married, and it's you know a really nice love story. But I wanted to mm-hmm. know, you know, before you met your husband. Had you ever experienced heartbreak? Yeah, of course. I I got the heartbreak, of course, until they said when you you got the heartbreak and then you find the right one. So, <laughs> so true. And what do you uh-huh. think you, because everybody learns different things from heartbreak. So what yeah. do you think you learned? I learned like we have to understand more each other. We have to be patient to each other, accept who they are, as who as who they are, and not try to to change them as what you want. I mean, if you want to change them as as you want, and then I think it's not going to work because sometimes you cannot change the. the their their personality so we have to accept it and adopt it as they also the same that's what i've learned that's so true and very mature i think a lot of people date with the intention of i don't know like dating a vision of someone like oh i want this person to be this way and like you said you can't change anyone else except for yourself and you can't control anyone else except for yourself too so very good advice there I also think it'd be interesting to hear if you could go back to when you were younger and you can tell maybe like you said you knew you were gay since you were a child, but what would be a piece of advice you would give to younger Mino when you first realized you were gay? Like what would you tell him? Um, I would just be like not try to hide I mean it's to be brave more just like accept it as who you are and um, be brave and courage and just go for it I mean if you are gay and then you are gay if you love doll and you just love doll and not to force yourself like to accept what is not you so well, yes that's that's my that's my advice <laughs> i love that good piece of advice yeah courage especially i love that word just just be yourself what is something that you love about yourself right now i totally like um happy with all my um um achievement happy with all my um like love life my i could say personal life and also with all the um, the experience 
from the from the the hardest part and until everything is so all my all the patient that i that uh that i i i, I have yeah and you touched on this before because the pandemic made your life really difficult for your visas and going to see your husband and having him come to you but do you think there's anything else this crazy pandemic has taught you i think they taught the they the pandemic is touch a lot especially like uh, the patients mm-hmm. and also like you also have to um to um take care about yourself take care about all the 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 people around you it's not just like um you don't care about yourself and then you will just um i mean just um destroy the people around you too if you, you don't care about yourself so if you care about yourself i mean like you care about everybody's and also um during the pandemic is like i also start to uh, to do a lot of meditation and stuff so also the mindset is really important because when you are your mindset is like um especially during the pandemic is if you are not strong enough and then your mindset is totally down and i try to do the meditation i try to um to keep calm and just tell like everything it will be all right it's just a matter of time and yeah yeah great point meditating has been so useful this year and every year um how how long would you say you meditate for in every session um usually i do um like 20 minutes that's good that's really hard to sit still that long <laughs> at least for me <laughs> mino do you think the way that you see yourself is the way that other people see you too or do you think maybe there's a difference i think different even like my husband they are he also said really like, um, people like some people they just like they they don't really know me they just like maybe they met me only a few times sometimes they they look like um, maybe like they, they meet me only a few times and then they said i'm a little bit too shy or maybe like how i speak and then the people they always start to a little bit like judgment like oh he don't know much thing maybe a little bit like um what should i say a little bit like less of knowledge or maybe i could say like stupid or a little bit like something like that but that's that uh that's that's what i i also noticed like maybe they don't know me too much they also think like because of how I, because when i met the for the person for the first time then i'm a little bit shy i don't express too much I don't talk too much, so they uh, also my behavior tell them like, oh maybe he's nah um don't know anything too much. Maybe he's yeah. But when they I, I start to know the people more, and then they know how I am, especially then they they start to know oh he's not stupid, he's no more, he's he's clever. And that's what my husband always told me, like, you are clever, so don't put yourself like you are stupid. So, yeah. 
I was going to say the same thing. You're so smart, Michelle. <laughs> You're so intelligent and wise, and you have so many experiences, too. I think we forget, a lot of people forget that experiences and, like, those make a person, you know, more wise and learn all these lessons, too. And also what you say about, you know, maybe you present more shy. So many people do, but it's so true. Like, you can't know anybody from first meeting them and yeah. getting that first impression. Do you think that has changed how you see people too? When you meet people, do you try to reserve your own judgment? If you see somebody and you think, oh, maybe they're shy, but do you realize there's more to everybody? Um, for me personally, when I first met, uh, I mean, first time met uh, people, I don't really make any judgment. What I want is just I I like to take time to learn about their personality, to learn like how they are, and then after I I will make the judgment like, oh, this is how they are, that is how he is, how she is, and yes, but I don't do like, oh, he's too shy, and then he's I I don't do the quick judgment. I don't. I, I never do. I, I always take time. And did that come from meditating? You think, or like, where do you get all this patience from? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, meditations, maybe. Yeah, and also like maybe also my personality. So that's yeah. the good part about being chill from Cambodia. <laughs> <laughs> because like if if i'm not patient so i'm not i think i'm not i won't be good enough to work as the hospitality and customer service because like um if you are the in uh, this uh departure a uh, department like you have to meet a lot of people sometimes you also have like you don't have i mean people they don't have a good day all the time. I also have a bad day, but I also have to work. And then sometimes I have to be patient when the, when the guests, they are not nice, or they're not really friendly. So I have to conceal my, my efforts. Like I have to patient, I have to listen first and so on. So if I, I, I got a bad day and I'm not patient enough and then I just throw, I mean, if the guests, they are not nice and then I'm not nice back and then it's just like, no, it's not going to work. So, yeah. Yeah, you're so right. And that takes so much patience and a lot of love too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just to operate from that place of, you know, like it's not going to work if it's almost like the, have you ever heard the expression, you can't fight fire with fire? So if yeah. somebody's, you know, being fiery and mean back, you shouldn't be mean and impatient back. It just doesn't work, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say, Mino, is your biggest fear right now? Or do you have any fears? Um, the biggest fear is I always feel like... Um, I feel about the failures. I always feel about failures. Even like now, even like I have to learn German and, and I always feel like I'm afraid that I could not make it. I'm, af I'm afraid like when I do an exam, I always, want, I always want to be the best. And yeah, that's, I always feel to get the failures. 
to get sell. So. I understand that. I have that fear sometimes too. It's like perfection, but perfection isn't real. And like always <laughs> thinking like, I don't know, maybe you will become fluent in German. I'm sure you will. But even then you're going to think, hmm, no, there's more I could learn. You know, there's more mm -hmm. I could, I could do. I want to be good at writing poetry in German or singing in German. It's like, German. Yes. <laughs> there's always more we could do, you know, it's, yeah, it's easy to look at how, like when you're super ambitious, which I would say you are, you speak four languages. So, and have had quite a worldly career. You definitely have like, um, the disadvantage of it is what you just said, right? Like being afraid of failing, always being, yeah. trying to be perfect, but yeah. Yeah. Nobody is perfect. So, right. It's like <laughs> talking to yourself and remembering to be kind to yourself. Like that's yeah. something I've definitely learned this year. Like the way you talk to yourself inside your head is the way that you see the world. Like if I think I'm going to fail, then I'm anxious. And then I don't, achieve something in real life because in my head, I'm not going to be successful. But if you think the opposite, like, wow, you already learned, I don't know, B1 level German in how many months? <laughs> like that's a lot. Yeah. too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I fear, yeah. I fear failure all the time too, Mino and Liv. Thanks for sharing that too. And I've also tried to train myself though, to have a mindset that if I fear failure so badly that I'm not trying things, then I've failed. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Okay. Then yeah. I, that's how I try to look at things now. It's easier said than done because when you're trying new things and you want to improve and get better, it's scary. It feels like it's unknown, especially when we're adults. You know, when we're children, we don't care about trying new things <laughs> as much. And when we're adults, it's like, it always holds us back. But then as soon as I start to feel like my big fears that are usually kind of just in my head, nobody else is usually telling me these things. Then I feel like I've failed if I'm not at least trying, because then at least if I try, I tried, I went out and I did it, you know, and I can say that I did something instead of not doing it because I was so scared. And so the more I do these things, the, the easier it gets every time, the more you, push yourself and challenge yourself just enough. Not like Liv was saying, not so much that you're like, Oh, I need more and more and more and more, but you know, just one little step at a time. Yes. True. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about it in, in terms of steps. Like I feel like really ambitious people always take off more than they can chew or whatever the expression is like you want to try so many things and accomplish so much but it's not super successful because you're so fixated on what you haven't accomplished mm -hmm. instead of like you said really well taking it piece by piece or step by step and seeing like oh i've already accomplished B1, I'm still on the German. B1 level German, or now I've moved to Europe, even though a few years ago I've never been to Europe before. And it's yeah. so easy <laughs> to sit there and be like, wow, this is so hard. The people are different. I hate this, this, and this. Or be able to think, oh, wow, I've come so far. And that's why I think it's super important in the year 2020. And like by the time this comes out, obviously it'll be 2021, but we're recording at the very end of last year, I suppose. It's like, I think the big learning lesson has been 
definitely how, how you view things, how you frame things. But if you didn't lose 15 kilos this year and start a podcast and do anything crazy big, like that's okay. You know, you still survived one of the craziest years we've ever had on planet earth. Yeah. Like true. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> so beyond fears, Mino, what are you most excited about right now in life? Oh, excited about is like as a married man <laughs> <laughs> from from a single gay to a married gay <laughs> man. So. Big change. Yeah, the thing is change. So, yeah, that's what I'm excited. Like, especially like the the life as a couple is in a marriage. So, yeah, that's something. Yeah, and it's also like this is um, my first time that I'm away from home to to live to another country. So I'm also excited and a little bit like. Sometimes a little bit nervous at the same time. Sometimes, so yeah. Lots of changes for you. And is there any potential maybe having children in the future, adopting some kids? Um. Yeah. <laughs> one day at a time, right? <laughs> one day at a time, but not now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I, for you, Mino. You seem so happy. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, doing really well in a crazy time. It seems like you've had a nice glow up this year. Very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> I mean, like, we both, like, don't even, I mean, like, um, the plan is, like, um, I can't, when the Germans, they start to open the border immediately, then I, then we grab a chance to, to come here. But, and then, um, yeah, I got a chance to come here during the pandemic and then start like, because we, we plan to getting married in uh, January, but because of the pandemic and stuff, and then we uh, have to submit all the document and stuff. That's the plan, like I we will do it here just to submit document and stuff. But uh, I mean, God is on our side. I mean, they just, accept the document they take a look on the document and then they said no it's okay everything's good fine you can get married (laughs) they just they just give us the date and then we just choose when we can get married and stuff so even like if not with the family and friend around but um at least his mother's come to join and we got two friends here and the rest we do by zoom so from Cambodia and yeah. So. Really? So you zoomed in people that you like that you love in Cambodia to the wedding? Yeah. So wow. um, I have my friends, I have my families and uh, also because uh when during the, the weddings they allow only five people. I mean, at the place, and the uh, the rest of uh, his friend family we do via Zoom. So everybody just join on Zoom. Wow, what a memory <laughs> you're gonna have now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was like um, excited, good time, and I was crying a lot. So. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> because I just like thinking back. Uh, to the the hard time that we have faced, like 
was like the um, the distance, the visa and stuff, and all the stuff that we have faced. And I just, I'm just so grateful. Like we made it, and then we are together. So, yes. That's yeah. so beautiful. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so happy for you. It's Thank like a you. movie. Through <laughs> all the bad Thank things, you. and now it's like the happy ending. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah, because like um, uh, I also joined the group on Facebook. It's called uh, "Love Is Not Tourist." So this is the first. This is the campaign that they made. Uh, um, that they made uh, the the people who have the long distance to come back together. So I joined. The, so uh, this campaigns um, reach out to um, the all the EU countries to start to open the border for the non-married couple. And that campaign is success. That's why I can come for the, the uh, during the pandemic mm. of the, the campaign. And some people, they, some people, they, they get back together. Some people, like, they cannot make it. They give up already. So there's a lot of stories on the, on the, on that group. So it, it was, it was really interesting. It is also helpful information that you, especially when when you are in a long distance relationship. So, as our favorite final question for the day, of yeah. course, like the podcast name suggests, we'd love to know who are you really, Mino. I'm who I am really. <laughs> I am Mino. I'm super chill, relaxed, friendly, open-minded, and yes, and I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) And so much fun to go out with. (laughs) You're so much fun to talk to. You're very, yeah, you're very open-minded and so intelligent. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> oh it's thank been so, so fun to talk <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me too so, <laughs> this is the first time for me <laughs> if anybody wants to get in contact with you what would be the best way like facebook or instagram oh usually i use facebook a lot so okay yeah People can reach out to me on Facebook. Perfect. So we'll put a link to your page in case anyone wants to add you as a friend. Yeah, or any question about like uh, how to come up as a gay, a long distance relationship, how to maintain it, how to get through it. So I'm I'm happy to to share all my experience and or at any advice that I could. So thank yeah. you so much. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Who Are You Really? We'll be back next Thursday. Same time, same place. You can listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at Who Are You Really Podcast. Or feel free to join our Facebook group, The Humans of Who Are You Really, to connect to some of the people who have been on air and other deep thinkers and feelers. If you liked this episode and want to continue listening, please subscribe and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts and stories. Until next time, sending love to you wherever you are.